0: Today, we're gonna talk to an Amazon seller who was twice kidnapped at gunpoint before he even turned 16. Now he's an Amazon seller and a coach with a seven-figure business. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We have a serious seller in the house today, made the drive all the way up from San Diego. Bashar. Bashar, how's it going? Hey, man. It's
1: been, uh, you know, it's awesome, man. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thank you for coming up. Now, uh, I know we've done a couple of videos in the past for for your audience, so Sorry. I know a little bit about you, but almost nothing and that's always on purpose because I like learning things along with the the rest of the audience here. But our fellow B-name, Barkus, here said he he talked to you a while back and, and he told me, "Bradley, I'm trying to do a Barkus impression, I let not get my beard, but Bradley, you've got to have Bashar on the uh, on the podcast. He's got a crazy <laughs> story." So, we're here to 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 go over your crazy story, but Let's take it back. If I'm not mistaken, you were born and raised in Iraq?
1: I was actually up until I was 16 years old. That was uh, 2006 when we actually made the move after the war, 2003. So, you know, my father said, you know what? We can't live here anymore. We have to go. Okay. What part of Iraq were you in? So in Baghdad in the capital. Okay. Yep. Yep. So then during the war, like
0: how how did that, I mean, like- how was life? Oh, I mean,
1: life was, um, you know, action movies in real life, you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, car bombings all the time. Um, you know, people dead on the streets. I mean, it was action, you know, just like war, like active war. Um, although the war only lasted about 45 days, but after the fact, because now there was no government, there was no one actually holding the, the, the people, there was no law, there was no order. You know, the American troops were in a, in a country that, the people didn't want them to be in. So it was just chaos all over the place.
0: Okay. So what, I mean, could you go to school during this time? I mean, that was like your your high school right, years, I guess. Right.
1: So I was, um, I was an, a ninth grader. And in, in Iraq, the way it is, is that um, elementary goes until sixth grade. And then middle school is, you know, seventh to ninth. And then high school is, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th. Okay. So unlike here, right? It's a little different. But um, there was school because at some point, like, life just has to go on, right? I mean, mm-hmm. okay, sure, there's active war, but you just have to go on. People have to live. People have to make money, you know? So jobs started trickling back in a little bit, you know, kind of like what's happening in China right now, you know? Um, so there was cool, but everyone was scared. And then if, if your family was a little bit wealthy, you would get kidnapped for ransoms. And um, at the time, because back in the 90s and early 2000s, my dad actually owned the second biggest factory of clothing in Iraq, so we were decently wealthy. So I actually got um kidnapped twice. You were kidnapped twice. Yes. First time uh seventy thousand, second time hundred and twenty thousand. Ransom of ransoms, right. Um and you you, you increase in value. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah. Um and you know, I um that was the time when my dad said, that's it. We have to go. And, so
0: so tell, tell me about one of those times. Like, I can just imagine what it's like to be kidnapped. What are you doing? Walking sure. to school and the, yeah, yeah, the van you know, comes up? Or Pretty
1: much. I mean, you know, just walking down, you know, hanging out with a friend, you know, um, walking down. There was um, right, right around that time, there was a new, a new kind of business that started developing called the, 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 um, the actual place was called Network. But really, what it was, it's a bunch of computers that were tied up together, and then you would play online. You would play like uh, Counter Strike and Middle mm-hmm. of Honor, these kind of uh, uh, games, or you would play against each other, right? So that was a big thing that was happening around that time. So we would be like, it was let's say a 20-minute walk from my house. So every evening after school, me and a, a couple friends would walk up there, and um, and one of the times, just literally a, a black, you know, a black SUV pulled up, three people with guns pulled out, put a bag on my head, shoved me in the trunk, and then took off. And then, you know, about 45 minutes later there, I was in a dark room all tied up. And then they're just talking in the background. The first time I was only in for about three hours. The second time I was in for about a day and a half until they released me, so. They,
0: they, they feed you well and
1: things yeah, like that? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't like molested or I wasn't like, you know, <laughs> okay. no one like hit me or anything like that. It was purely for money, you know? Yeah. Now, after the fact that like the few years after what we started hearing is that people were actually like, they would kidnap them they would take money and then they would kill him. You know, mm. why? I don't know. I don't know if it was more of a racial thing, but uh, luckily, you know, the people that did kidnap me weren't as uh, as crazy as the other ones and it was just purely for money. So I would get, you know, a meal here and there, some water, stuff like that, you know, nothing too crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just like, just trauma, man. I mean, imagine a, you know, a, a 13, 14 year old being kidnapped at gunpoint. I mean, just imagine that, Yeah, you know? that's crazy. So then-
0: your dad owned the factory. Now, could
1: he like apply
0: for like asylum or something be due to the fact that his family keeps getting kidnapped or, or how does somebody right. co- so come absolutely to his-
1: so that's kind of how we, we actually um made the move to America. So my mom had come to America in two thousand to visit her sisters because she hadn't seen him in I don't know how many years it was just a regular visa, get a visa and you come on here. But then after the war, um, two houses, two two um the factory, we had a building um, all got taken over by militias. So we went literally to zero. We had no mm. money, you know, the banks were closed. So you couldn't pull out your, your cash out of the banks. Um, you know, and a lot of my dad's money was tied up in, in capital and, and I mean, in, in, uh, like inventory and, in, and buildings and real estate. Right. So those got taken over by militias. There is no government that can actually go in and, and, and help you take back your, your, your stuff. And we, every time my dad would try to like, force these people out. I mean, we're talking about militias with guns and things like that. And what are you going to do? Right. So by the time that 2006 came around, we literally had zero money. And that's when we applied for asylum and then actually made the move. And we got approved. In 2006, we moved. We had to live in refugee camps in Syria for about two, three months. Um, And that's like just desert tents type of thing. You know, we were there for only two, three months. I know some families were there for many years Um, but we were lucky enough to be able to travel. And then we went to Michigan. That was 2006. That's when we first arrived to America.
0: Okay. So now before you knew you were going to come to America, you know, growing up there in Iraq, what was your, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? Was it it just kind of, uh, assume that maybe that you'd you'd go into the family business or, or
1: Right. So, so I always wanted to be an entrepreneur because I always looked up to my dad. My dad was always like, he was my idol. You know, um, I always knew that I wanted to be a business owner, a businessman, right? Travel. My dad used to always travel, um, you know, because uh, he would go to different factories, different uh, companies around the world and bring, you know, cloth and designs and things like that. So he can manufacture in his own factory. So I always wanted, I knew I wanted to be like my dad, I didn't know what I, I was. I was too young, I guess, at the time to to really think about, like, if I wanted to pursue what my dad does or something else. But I always knew at an early age that I was destined for more, I guess, or I wanted to be more. I didn't just want to go to school, get a degree and then go that route. Although my mom wanted me to. She mm-hmm. wanted me to be until this day, actually. She wants me to become a doctor, although, hmm. you know, I Probably make a lot more money than doctors do. Uh, But because my sister is a lawyer and she always wanted a lawyer and a doctor in the house. So So then
0: coming to America, did you guys have to start from scratch? Like, or could your dad remotely restart his factories or he just- pretty much had to leave that whole life behind.
1: Yeah, no, that was done, man. I mean, we're talking, you know, 2006 comes around. My dad is, my dad right now is 81 years old. So he's not a young fella, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when it was, what is that, 2006? So that was 15 years ago. So he was about, you know, 65 years old or whatever, 60, 65 years old. So he's not young, right? And um, he comes here, I mean- Number one, you don't know the language, uh, no relatives to rely on, you know, you don't have resources. You're coming in with no money, whatever little money we did have, we spent it on in travel and, and staying here and there and things like that. When we came here, we had to stay with a, a family that we knew, you know, we kind of met on the road um, for a little bit, just until we got some jobs and, you know, got a, an apartment and things like that and started living. So no resources, whatever he had back home, that's done. It's okay. all done. I mean, it's, it's gone, right? No more, no money, no factories, nothing. You know, he's tried over the years to go back ever since after he got a citizenship and try to kind of do something. But you know, a lot of these buildings have been sold so many times. that I don't even know who even owns the place right now. Um, so whatever we had back home is all gone. Um, we had to simply start from ground zero here.
0: Okay. So then what was ground zero like for you? Did the whole family start working or?
1: Right. So, uh, the whole family started working. Um, I still have an oldest brother that lives in Northern Iraq. It's a little bit, it's in a, in a, um, I guess in a region called Kurdistan. Um, Mm -hmm. it's safer there, right? There isn't much going on. It's a, it's a community called, uh, Kurdish. Um, and, and they're like, they have, they have been independent since the nineties. So they, they had like their little own country, although they are within Iraq. So it's kind of just a different region by itself. It's safe over there. Right. So my brother lives there until this day. He has his own family and things like that. Um, but And then my sister had her own family. So when we came here, it was me, my mom, and my older brother. We all started working. I was 16 years old. I, my first job was actually uh, working at McDonald's. I worked at McDonald's for about, I don't know, almost two years. I uh, had a job in Michigan. And when we moved to California, I had a job at McDonald's for about a year as well. So everyone kind of started working, right? And then the first big move we made was 2011. We bought our first business in the U S and that was a local pizzeria, uh, kind of like, a what's called a giant New York pizza. So like a mom's oh, and pops takeout. Fast,
0: yeah. I love it. I love I the mean, giant New York pizzas around here.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it was awesome. You know, it was in lakeside, California, East County. Um, and, uh, it did great. It was a family business. It was me my mom, my dad and my brother. We had an employee. We did actually, we were doing very well over there. And, um, and then we've kind of figured a little bit after that, me and my brother had, our own different brains. Like yeah. I was thinking like, I want to buy multiple of those and create a franchise and just blow the brand up. Right. And build like another Domino's or something. My brother was more of like, I like to take a slow, mm-hmm. I like to think about things. So it just kind of didn't work out. And that's when I went on to doing my own thing and then started my own restaurant and bar. So you finished, you finished high school here in the States. I finished high school. I went to college two years in. I I figured that wasn't for me. I was just wasting my time, changed my, changed my, uh uh, uh you know, what is it? Uh, the degree, whatever, yeah. like studies probably like 15 times. I mean, I went from wanting to become an accountant to a designer, to a biochem, to, I don't know, all these things. My mom wanted me to become a doctor. I mm-hmm. knew that wasn't like, I couldn't, I didn't see myself studying for the next 10 years, you know? And I knew I wanted to do something at, uh, I was what, 20 years old. That's when we bought the pizza restaurant. Okay. So I got involved there. It was my first job ever working 90 hours a week, seven days a week, no days off. So I had to drop college for that. Okay
0: and then you said after after you you left the family business and then you like you were saving up money and so then you you went and bought a bar restaurant what did you say
1: right right so it was probably about a mile and a half away from where the other one was I started. Uh, there's, a, I don't know if you've been to San Diego, but there's a uh, a concept called Dave and Buster's. Yes, and um, it's it's simply gaming and and, mm-hmm. and and drinking and eating it kind of all together. So I was always been fantasizing that you know I was like you know I, I want to do something like this. I wanted to. I was a young kid, 21, 20 years old, you know, going out clubs, things like that. I'm like you know I want to have a place where you can eat, drink, have fun, and I you know I, I can have fun and I can work at the same time. No, not a good concept for a business owner, but. um that's what I wanted to do, and then I found this dive, you know, bar, rundown biker's bar. I'm talking about Hell's Angels, and I'm talking about all that. You know, I mean, it was rough, man. That was 2013. I bought the place September 30th, I believe. We took over the place 2013. Was
0: this in Lakeside? Or? That was in Lakeside, California.
1: Okay. Yep. Uh, the place used to be called 67 Bar and Grill. I changed this so. I see a DeLorean there, which is kind of funny yep. because what I wanted to do, so the place was called the Bucking DeLorean. The Bucking DeLorean, So yep. the Bucking DeLorean, let me tell you about that, man. So my thing, growing up, I've always watched Western movies with my dad. I mean, until this day. You uh-huh. walk into my house, my dad is, vibing, mean, he knows John Wayne. He knows all these guys, right? He probably doesn't understand half of the stuff they say, but- he like literally he knows all of them, you know. So he's always been like just really into that, and I grew up with that, you know. So I, I, I always liked the the old like rustic feeling and the you know the country feel, you know. So uh, Lakeside being kind of a country town as well, um, I wanted to like the concept was uh, bringing back the good old days and then into the new into the future, right? So I'm like, all right, the DeLorean, you know, like the back to the future. And then that, so that's, that was the concept. So I called it the Bucking DeLorean because we had a, um, we had a mechanical bull and the, mecha- oh, okay. and what I did was I built the back of the DeLorean and I put it on the back of the mechanical bull. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're talking, dude, I mean, like you walk into the place, there's like a back of the DeLorean in the, in the front. And then it was just, you know, it wasn't, so the concept was cool. The, um, I think the, 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 um, the actual like action and the actual like things that I had put in the place, I had no experience in running a place like that. I had no business in running a place like that. I mean, 23 years old, running a full sit down restaurant, no experience, a, an ego bigger than this building. How, how much
0: money did it take to, to So invest So we, in that? We
1: invested about $250,000 to really get the place going. And that was savings from 2011 to about 2013. I'm talking about my money, my family's money. Yeah, Because they believed in me so much. They put every single dime they had saved on that time. And then we also had to borrow about- So that was kind of
0: like all uh, a lot of the profits that was generated from oh, the giant everything. New York pizza. Everything. Now we're everything, putting into- wow. all in,
1: All in, right? And then my parents believed in me so much that they said, like, go for it, right? And then because I had so many ideas and I'm like, dude, if I can just, if someone, like, if you can just let the leash go, I can do so many things. The problem was- I had big dreams and I was, dude, I was the hardest working man in the room. I used to work 120 hours for the entire per week for the whole three years I owned that place. But that place was a losing concept since day one. Hmm. I had no experience. I had no knowledge and I had too big of an ego to ask for help or allow someone into my life to, you know, to, 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 to share their knowledge with me. And that's what I see with a lot of Amazon sellers today. That's what I see with a lot of people trying to do this Amazon thing that like, oh, this guy has done it, I can probably do it too. And yes, you can probably do it too. The problem is, I always say, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You might think that there are five steps to a process, but there are really seven, but you only know of five, right? So that's why coaching and mentoring is, is, has been so massive for me that now I don't take anything on unless I have a coach, I have a mentor, I have someone showing me how it's done the right way.
0: All right, so then the business failed?
1: The business failed miserably. Uh, yeah. April. 28, 2015, Um, I had just left the restaurant at five o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I was going on a date with my girlfriend, who's now my wife. I had met her about six months prior. And uh, five minutes later, I got a call saying, hey, boss, it's John. The kitchen is on fire. Mm. Okay, well, put it down. Uh, No, boss, we're all outside. Uh, The fire department is here. And that's when I knew it was serious. Drove around. By the time I got back, my entire kitchen was torn up. One of my unpaid bills was my insurance bill.
0: Oh, oh, oh my goodness. So yeah, so then there's no coming back from-
1: There's no coming back from there. The landlord sued me because I had seven years left on my lease. Um he There is no insurance to repair the kitchen. So he sued me for everything, the repairs costs, plus the remaining of the lease because he's now kicking me out. Um Because the business was so terrible, I had owed the IRS about 42 grand right now. Um, All in all, three years into the business, we had invested about $400,000 into the place, just dumping money into it remodeling, losing money every month, you know, just whatever, right? And then I came out of the place with about $150,000 in debt. Um I had two repos on my record because I had cars that I couldn't pay, so they got repoed, Um lawsuits, you know, employees suing me because I didn't have money to pay them, you know? Um I went into depression two two months later I got pulled over for a DUI, another $10,000 bill that I had literally no money to pay. And uh 2015 was a dark year for me, man. Well, I,
0: I can think of one good thing that comes from it. You just said that your girlfriend became your wife. You know, that's true love right there. Oh, wasn't yeah. after you for the money or anything. Somebody who sticks through with you through all that. So that, that's one good thing. Now, how do you bounce back from something like that? So that now the restaurant's closed. Did you go back to just helping your family at the, the pizza place or what Yeah, so, what so the
1: pizza place was no longer actually. Once I walked out, six months later, they sold it because my brother didn't want to do it alone anymore. And then my parents are elderly and they they, I mean, they can't just run the place by themselves. I knew that I knew that couldn't have been the end of me, right? Simply because um, I'm 25 right now. I had met someone six months prior. I felt like she was the one, right? And she stuck by me, man. I mean, she really stuck by me. Like sometimes, you know, we run Facebook ads and, you know, I, I like to put pictures of me and my wife and mm-hmm. people are like, oh yeah, she married you for the money. I'm like, dude, when this girl met me, <laughs> we would go out, literally, we would go out and I would make excuses not to go to expensive places because I would have like $40, $50 in my pocket. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy, man. So I knew that I like, that couldn't have been the end of me. I knew that I wanted to do something else. And that's when I really got into Amazon because a year prior I had been hearing people talking about work from home. And I didn't understand what that meant to me. You know, if you like, if you own a business, it's like here, like, you know, there, there needs to be a transaction with a human being, like, you need to have a physical location with where you or your employees are, you know, get you know, get into a transaction with, with, with customers and exchange there's revenue for your business. So it was just, it, it didn't sound real to me, which what a lot of people nowadays uh, go through the same thing. You know, that, that's why the skepticism happened because like a lot of people, if you, they can't touch it, they don't believe it. Right. Especially when they see massive success, like, especially with what's kind of what's happening now with the online gurus, you know, flashing their Lamborghinis and things like that. And people Mm -hmm. just see it. And honestly, that's how I got lured in. It was some kid with a Lamborghini and I'm looking, I'm like, dude, this kid is driving a $300,000 car. He's 18 years old. I'm 25. I've been busting my ass for the past three years, working 120 hours a week. Okay, invested hundreds of thousands and look at the, the life he's living. Look at the life I'm living. Yeah. Like, what the heck am I doing wrong here, man?
0: What's wrong with this picture?
1: You know, like there's something wrong here, you know? So now we're at 2015, 2016
0: or where, we're where are we are at
1: 2015. 2015.
0: Um, so know, then you, you just learn. I mean, do you just like start Googling? Did you take right. a course so, or so what?
1: Literally, I still remember it, man. My, my, I mean, two inches thick Toshiba laptop. I open it one day. I'm at Starbucks <laughs> and I'm like, you're supposed to make me money. Show me how. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just Googling things. I'm on YouTube watching videos. Um, I got into uh, with a guy named Timothy Sykes doing penny stock trading. Um, so I, well, let me back up a little bit. I got a job as a dishwasher, um, this, uh, at, um, at Harris casino. Mm-hmm,
0: I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard yeah, of it. Yeah.
1: Right. So I got a, a job as a dishwasher there because the number one thing that I needed to pay off was my employees that I that did not get paid the last two weeks. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about, they live in the same city. They know where I live. I'm talking about threats text messages. And, and, you know, I, I don't blame them.
0: You thought you left that kidnapping behind, but now you have to fear kidnapping. again. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but we were talking about these guys relied on me. Right. Yeah, 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 And now, and it's not because I didn't want to pay them. I just didn't have any money to pay yep, them, yep. you know? So, um, and actually I'll tell you about a, c- a couple of crazy stories here in a little bit, but, uh, you know, um, so I'm like, you know, I need to make some money right now so I can at least pay down. It was a couple thousand dollars. It wasn't much, but I'm like, I need to pay these guys. So it was like, okay, quick job, let's do something. I had no license because of the DUI, so I couldn't just go and start doing Uber, right? Um, So I just got a job, any job, and then started just dishwashing for $12 an hour, $10 an hour, just so that I can pay these guys. So in between, I would start researching, right? So whatever money I made, I would pay off my employees, and then I would invest in in coaching and in, in any type of business that I saw online. Okay. Because I'm like, I'm not going to do this Thing again, where I'm gonna try this on my own again. Did
0: you I have want- to declare bankruptcy for all those other? Um, you know, luckily I on? never
1: did because okay. I I worked out a deal. So I had a liquor license that was actually able to sell, and then a lot of that debt got cleared with the liquor. Well, about about thirty percent of it, but I still had about you know hundred grand or so that I needed to pay. So I, now I worked out deals with my landlord. I worked out deals with the IRS. Like, look there's no income. I mean, what are you going to do? So, okay, sure. Like, what are you going to get out of me? Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to claim bankruptcy. All the, the bankruptcy attorneys, you know, uh, uh, said, don't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I worked out deals with these guys and it was just overtime. Like, look, I'll pay you. You just got to give me some time. So uh, the good thing is that I had a way, like, because I was sincere and because I was honest with them. Like it wasn't that I wasn't trying to pay them. It's just, I couldn't. Yeah. And they saw the situation. Right. Yeah. Um, so I worked out with them. So I I literally just started kind of, um, you know, working, paying off. And then any money I had, I would invest it in programs. And it was uh, uh, flipping houses, affiliate marketing, some MLM. I also went into wholesaling houses where, like, you get a contract from someone and then you sell yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So I I started doing those things. And then I just kind of didn't see an interest in any of them. And then Amazon FBA just popped out at me. When I first started, I started Arbitrage. We would drive around... um, to home goods, it was December, 2015, now driving around home goods and TJ Maxx buying products, selling them on Amazon and also drop shipping on Amazon. That was, those were the two concepts I started with Amazon. Cause I couldn't do private labeling, you know, I mean, you need some capital, right? Yeah. And I just literally just wasn't ready for that. yet.
0: So then like weekly, when you what kind of income were you generating from just driving around flipping arbitrage stuff?
1: So we were, I was making about 12 to $1,700 net profit per month. That was the first couple okay. of months. And then, you know, it went to like a couple thousand and then it was like, all right, this is cool, but now I know like I want to scale this thing. I can't just spend my life driving around like this is a lot of work, right? I want. I started getting into the the mindset of like passive income, you know, and I don't want to work hard anymore. I don't want to work 120 hours a week anymore. I know there's a better way of doing this because I'm seeing all these kids do it. Why can't I figure it out, right? And that's when I started looking into private label.
0: Okay. So then when was your first private label product? What year?
1: So first private label product was 2016. I actually launched three products on my own. Um, I launched a molecular model kit. A, a what? Fo- a molecular model kit. What is that? It's a, <laughs> it's a little kit of like, you make like little atoms and bonds. Okay, in like, okay. like science class. Yeah, okay. So I either. launched that and then I launched a variation of, um, of uh Nerf gun vest kit like little nerve bullets and like uh, goggles and, and bandanas and things like that for kids. Right. Okay. So I had a variation of uh, black and camouflage and only black. And then the third product was uh, a faucet extender and both, all, all three of those flopped. I mean, mm. you know, they just, one of them was seasonal, All the other two were just too competitive. And, um, and this one I was like, all right, maybe I need to invest in courses. Maybe I need to invest in, and in, in, in coaches, you know? And that's when the whole mind shift happened. Now I need to, find some, on someone else's success. You know, and that's when I, like when I went back, because I started studying, why did I lose in this restaurant business? What was the one thing that made me lose? It wasn't the fact that I was gambling my money away or not working hard. Mm-hmm. I was the hardest working man. I just wasn't making the right moves. I wasn't taking the right steps because I didn't have knowledge and experience, right? Had I actually allowed the people that wanted to help me or maybe brought in a partner who knew how to run restaurants I would have probably owned several restaurants, several successful restaurants by now, and that's when I discovered coaches and mentors and started investing in courses.
0: Okay, so
1: then those three
0: products failed, lost a little bit of money. You recoup that. Now you uh, dedicate yourself to education. Were we in 20, were We still in twenty sixteen. All right. So then, now you're for, You know, now that you you were armed with better preparation. Right. Still, not many tools around uh, in, in those days. So, but right. the education was the most important thing. So. The very next product you made, are you still selling that product so, now?
1: So I went into so the next product was a um, uh, a pet a, uh, a pet grooming glove.
0: Okay, I know it's exactly like what the those little are. Blue yeah, ones mm-hmm. with
1: the, you know, and then so I bundled that with a lint roller and a brush, and then I built a brand around that. So and then I got into building brands, right? So I started, you know, I was like, all right, well, I don't want to just launch a bunch of random products. So I built a brand around that, and then that was an account that we built to about sixty, seventy thousand a month, and then we sold it. And then I got into flipping accounts because I'm like, all right, well. I can get a a quick payday because I knew that I still had debt that I need to pay off. Right. And then with private label, I mean, you're taking 30%, you want to grow the business. So you're reinvesting a lot of this money back in and then you've got expenses and things like that. So I'm like, all right, I need, I need quick money because I need to pay off this debt, you know, because this debt was still, I mean, it's still there, you know, I've got, and and then I got into the point where any money that I put into the bank, IRS levies, any money Mm, I put into the bank, IRS levies. So now I'm like, dude, I can't even build these brands up because any money that I'm profiting they're taking out. So I had to like, all right, well, I need to get a quick big payday so I can knock off a lot of this debt and then just simply work my way up from there.
0: Okay. How how do you, how do you find people to, to buy your businesses in those days?
1: So the first time it was simply someone reaching out to me because, so I started, you know, it was actually a relative of mine. So who, who, you know, someone who owns businesses, got some money in the bank and then started, you know, hearing me talking about this Amazon thing. And that's kind of when the whole, everything opened up for me because, Like now I'm working from home. A lot of my relatives are like, dude, like a couple of years ago, you were struggling, you know, you got a DUI, you were working as a dishwasher. Now we don't see you really working much, but you're actually like, things are better. You know, I Mm -hmm. mean, I'm going out a little bit more. Like I'm not, you know, I'm starting to show up to family things, family occasions where before I was, I just like, literally, I went probably for about a year where I say isolated myself from everyone Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want to see everyone. I was just depressed all the time and I knew I needed to build now, you know? Yeah. So that's when I, you know. When I started kind of talking about it freely and openly, and I really like, I was like, dude, like, I've discovered this thing. Like, you don't have to work hard anymore. A lot of my friends, you know, so uh, um, our community where we're Catholics of Iraq, we're called Chaldeans. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. a lot of our people, like, they own liquor stores and gas stations and smoke shops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the kids that can't afford to buy a business, they work at these businesses. So I'm telling my friends, I'm like, dude, like, you don't need to work at a liquor store making $12 an hour, breaking your back. You can literally start this business from home, right? So a lot of people started hearing about it and then just like close people. And then someone reached out and is like, hey, can you help me with this? And, and then I was like, and then we got, you know, started talking. So I ended up selling the, the business to him.
0: Okay. So then now you're 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 flipping businesses. 2017, what was your Amazon sales like?
1: So 2017, I actually built a second brand. I built it to about 80,000 a month. And then I flipped that again. And then 2018- uh,
0: for, for something that, that, that nets about 80000 a month, what can you flip a business like that for? So it's
1: not netting, that's sales.
0: That's sales. That's sales, okay. right?
1: So sales, you know, we're netting, Gross. About, I don't know, like 20% or something, okay. you know, 20, 25%. So we're netting whatever, 15, 20,000.
0: Still right? pretty good, pretty good. Oh, so, absolutely,
1: man. So my thing was net profits times 12 to 16. Okay. So whatever okay. net profits per month are times 12 to 16, that was what I asked for the business, right? And then okay. it was just kind of negotiations, whatever, okay. you know, number, numbers we landed on.
0: All right. Did you keep any products for yourself in 2017 or everything was built to kind of like with the goal of trying to flip the 17?
1: No, it was just flipping. I was, okay. you know, I, I knew, I knew I was like, all right, now I've got something like I've got a skill. I can go out there and actually build a business and then I, I can flip it. Right. So it was just about exit about getting a big payday, paying off that, and then having some more money left over so I can start building another brand. Because I mean, you don't want to end up at square one with no yeah. money. And then what, you know,
0: how about 2018?
1: So 2018 actually, so I started building another business and then that's when I kind of got into coaching a little bit, um, more like like done for you type of stuff. And that's just kind of like helping people launch brands on Amazon, helping people launch business on Amazon. So I started focusing on a little bit more done for you. I had another business in the back end doing about thirty-five, forty thousand 40000 a month. And that was just like, I wasn't focused on it. It was more like just kind of on its own. It was another private label business that was just kind of like on autopilot. You know, I wasn't really... Looking to build that, I wanted to see like what is this coaching thing you know can be done right? Yeah. And then I was like, but I'm spending too much time like done for you. It wasn't really something that I was you know too interested in. I I I was enjoying more more building brands right. Yeah. And then end of 2018, someone came up to me and said, I want a business that does two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month. I don't care about net pro. I don't care about. I just want volume, Hmm. right? I don't care about how much it really nets. I want volume, right? So. I partnered up with someone who had a team in the Philippines, and then their job was just research, research, l- listing, negotiations with suppliers. We would we would dump money to buy the products, and then we would simply uh, 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 um, analyze the products, and then they would lo- they would do all the legwork, right? So they're finding the products, they're they're we're analyzing, and then they're simply um, negotiating with suppliers, getting you know we're paying, and then they sub- ship to the Amazon list and do optimization and all that, and then we built so in about. So 2019, I want to say about uh, like maybe 11 months or so, we built a business to 250K a month. And that was the biggest core, right? That was the largest Amazon score or business that I had built. And then we sold that to that person. That business was doing about, I want to say about 17% net profits. And because he didn't care about net profits, he just wanted volume, right? I don't know what his thing was. I don't know if he wanted to go public or what his thing was, but he just wanted something that would actually do volume.
0: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So has there been any one that you've kept since the earlier days, like as your personal thing, like, Hey, I'm not going to sell. This This is my baby. Oh,
1: absolutely. So now actually I'm building brands with my students. So now what I do is I partner up with my students. I have four partnerships. So we have four accounts right now. um, And we have a total of about five brands and each brand we We've got a total of probably about 25 products or so. So what we do is now my, my business model with my students is what I do is I simply work with students. I, I dump money on the brand. We go half and half. They do the legwork. They do the, the finding the products. And, you know, I analyze it, of course. Um, they do the launches. They do kind of the legwork, finding the products, negotiating with suppliers and stuff like that. And then we're just simply, uh, uh, profit, you know, splitting the profits.
0: Okay. So at what point, or has it happened? I'm assuming it has. All your previous debts from the old businesses, the IRS, all that was free and clear.
1: So that was about end of 2018. How did that feel? You know, that was um, man, that was a uh, a great feeling. Actually, it was uh, a, it was a good day. It was mm-hmm. a really good day because it was it was a lot of things. Really, just you know, um, mm-hmm. it was actually a story that I want to tell you. So I had a um, my parents had bought me a um, a diamond ring. Um, a diamond cross, and then a diamond bracelet for different occasions, 18th birthday, 21st birthday, grad, high school graduation. And one day I showed up to my restaurant and um, uh, my bartender was like, hey boss, there's a, uh, a lady in your office. And um, I walked in, I'm like, hey, how can I help you? Uh, sdg and San Diego Gas and Electric. Okay. Um, there's uh, 4300 something dollars outstanding. Um, we, need, we need payment right now or I'm going to shut off your power. I'm like, all right, I'm going to write you a check. He's like, no, 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 you've already sent two checks that have bounced. I need either a money order or I need cash. Um, I'm like, look, I opened my account. There's $600 there. I'm like, look, you're going to give me some, you know, you need to give me some time. Um, I had those, those things that I told you my parents had <laughs> gotten me, they probably totaled about 15, 20 grand, right? I had to sell those to a, a local jeweler for about $3,700, mm. okay, just to pay off that, that bill. You know, and that was, until this day, my parents don't know what happened with these things. I mean, I, I've told hope them- they, hope they don't listen to the, the show here. <laughs> I've told them, you know, they actually don't even know about my DUI. I've, I've referenced to it a couple of times in some uh, Facebook posts. And my, my mom is a friend of mine on, on, on Facebook. So I'm pretty sure she's read it, mm-hmm. but um, I haven't like come out and told them, hey yeah. guys, I've, I've gotten a DUI, you know? So it was the the feeling of disappointment that, I, that, that just was like a mountain on my shoulders for the longest time. And, uh, and now I take care of my parents, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't say that they live off of me, but you know, I, I help them with their bills, things like that. And, uh, you know, we go out very often and stuff like that. And I do very well for myself. So I try to help as many of, of those that I love as possible. But, uh, yeah, man, it was one of the greatest days of my life to be honest. With you. Awesome.
0: Awesome. So now in 2019 between, you know, coaching businesses, between your partnerships with your students, between whatever personal or private label brands or, or flipping brands, what was your total gross, would you say, for 2019?
1: As far as like everything together? Yeah. So we would do, so I would, okay, I want to tell you December was our, our best month. We did about, I want to say 250K or so. Okay. We did about 300K in January. We'll probably, you know, be a little bit more. Um. So the first six months were okay. But then the second six months of 2019 really just blew up, right? Yeah. Um. But then now this month we'll probably do about 300K and that's, about a third in coaching. And then the rest is, is really, I, I want to say half and half Okay, between brands on Amazon and coaching.
0: So going from the rags uh, of being kidnapped and, and losing everything in Iraq to losing everything again with a business going in uh, or here in, in California and then going into all that debt and now just being able to take care of your family, you know, must be a great feeling. Oh, and absolutely, man. Thanks I mean, to Amazon. kind and, of.
1: And absolutely. And, and I mean, you know, like uh, yesterday I made a post on my Facebook. Um, So Jeff Bezos Mm -hmm. just uh, dedicated $10 billion for uh, some, I don't know what it exactly, I can't remember what it was or what it was. Global warming or or save the earth or something. And he does a lot of things like that. Mm -hmm. Like every now and then he'll, you know. And then so uh, um, I was reading, I don't know which Facebook group, uh, which Amazon group. I don't know if it was the High Rollers or some other group. But then I was just like reading everyone's commenting, oh, well, he's rich, you know, he should be given out more, or or, 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 yeah, that's probably tax deductions or whatever. And I'm just like, dude, like, why not say thank you, you know? Like, yeah. what if you have that much money? Like, look, he's worked hard for that money. He could burn it and no one can say a damn thing, right? Yeah. So why not say thank you for this? Like, if it wasn't for what he has created, I would have probably been still $150,000 in debt. And I'm pretty sure Helium 10 would not have existed, mm-hmm. you know? And many businesses, I mean, He's probably made more millionaires that I can ever think of of any any other platform or any other you know evolution out there. You know, yeah. so I, I'm thankful to Jeff, man.
0: What's the uh, biggest thing from when you first started in 2017 to now 2020, as far as Amazon like launching PPC? What's what's one of the biggest things that's changed as far as what your strategy due to things that? change with the times
1: sure so I think launches have definitely changed you know when it comes to you know uh, reviews like how much do reviews really weigh on those things mm-hmm. um, when it comes to really how to launch whether if it's giveaways or whether if it's PPC especially PPC I think I think it's gotten a little bit more expensive in the last year or so um you know with giveaways like should you do you know discounted giveaways or should you do full price giveaways there are other things using, you know, chatbots for launches and things like that, and actually generating some traffic from there, getting people from there to to do like a giveaway and generating reviews as well. But the most important thing all comes down to a product, man, I think, and, and really focusing on building a brand, building a business rather than like, and I talk about this a lot. What happens is, you know, people say that the average millionaire has seven streams of income. And many people, what they do is they literally will focus on one product and then they will babysit it like it's their newborn child, right? You need to build a brand, right, that you can either sell later, take off of Amazon, do whatever the heck you want to do with it. It really comes down to, is that product viable? Is it going to do good on Amazon? Is it different enough? And then how many more products you've got? And then having a strategy when it comes to launches and things like that. But I think having a coach and someone who's been there, done that is super important, man. I mean, I make it a point every single month that I invest, I learn something new. Whether if it's books, coaches, masterminds, you know, events like I'm going to 10X Growth Con this weekend, you know, just meeting people, being exposed to these kinds of things. Very important, man, because I always tell people the knowledge and information you have today has only gone so far. If you want to go to the next level, you need new information. You know, you need to always be willing to learn new stuff.
0: All right. I agree. We're going to get into your 30-second tip for us in a little bit, but before that, what we do here is we play something called a search volume game, all right? So I'm gonna give you three words. These are keyword phrases on Amazon. And from Helium 10, I got the estimated search volume by month. Okay. Okay. And there's been now 14, I think, times I've done this. Only one person has ever gotten all three right. Because I usually throw in some tricks in there like, it's contrary to logic. Sometimes I get people thinking that and they, they try and go contrary to logic, but it was logical the once. So Man, I'm going to give you three words. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no cheating. Everybody else out there, I hope you guys are playing too, uh, but don't, don't cheat. Okay. Uh, all right. So I'm going to first give you the three phrases. Just these are all very similar length keywords, but I'm going to go from shortest to longest keyword. Uh, the three keywords are pizza peel, pizza cutter, pizza blanket, Okay. Pizza blanket. Pizza blanket. All right. Now the search volumes from lowest to uh, um, most searched are one of the keywords is searched for about six thousand times a month. Okay. One of them is searched for about seventeen thousand times. Okay. And the other is forty-six thousand times. So again, the three are pizza peel, pizza cutter, pizza blanket. Which one goes to which?
1: Okay. So I want to say pizza blanket is the lowest, which was six thousand. Six thousand. We okay. have that. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to say pizza cutter is going to be the highest. Which is the 40 some thousand. Mm -hmm. And then what is a pizza peel? Pizza peel. That would be the. What is a pizza peel? I don't know. What is Uh, a pizza peel? I don't know. (laughs) I just found
0: it. Let let, let me uh, put it up on Amazon right now.
1: I've owned pizza restaurants for, for, for a while now. I don't know what a pizza peel is. Oh, it's that big thing, and then
0: it's what you use to scoop the pizza out of the oven. I uh, I never heard the, it called that before.
1: The the board like the Yeah, board? like
0: a wooden or metal where where it has a wooden handle and then it's okay. flat and then you I mean I used it, yeah, that, I, yeah. I
1: used to use that all the time. What do I, you guys call it? Um just a pizza stick.
0: There you go. Pizza yeah. stick is probably better, better keyword. But. All right guys, ding 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 ding, our second person ever in the history of this uh what? of the game to get all three correct. What? Amazing.
1: Oh damn. Okay.
0: Wow, we we need to have like an award. We got to get like a special shirt. But literally nobody ever gets <laughs> this right. But that's awesome. Perfect, perfect. Um, oh, but there you go. He did it. He worked very intimately in pizza or in the pizza business and didn't know. Called it something different. So yep. the whole point that I always do this game. I tell everybody is that what we might think always about how people search yep. or what people yep. do is oh, not yeah. necessarily what everybody else says. You so know, always look at the data, you know, know, don't just assume, don't go on your own knowledge saying, Oh yeah. Cause if you, if you concentrate on the word pizza stick for this product, right? right. 80% of the people maybe you know. didn't couldn't find your product because they're using pizza peel. Sure. You know? All right. So, all right. Now we're to the point of the program we call TST, stands for TST 32nd tip in all your you know, experience whether it is how to uh, you know how to stay calm when being kidnapped at gunpoint or restaurant business or Amazon launches, PPC coaching, whatever what is a strategy a very valuable thing that you think you have unique insight on that you can give in 30 seconds or less for our users?
1: So um, I'll give two tips and I'll make it quick one for Amazon and that's actually what he just touched on and I was like, okay this is this is perfect because if you are looking to sell on Amazon, don't look around your house. Look at the numbers. A lot of people fail because oh, I'm a consumer of this product. I'm pretty sure this sells, and then maybe it does very well. Like I know Manny has the 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 um the uh what is it the 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 pillows the neck yeah, pillows yeah you know? uh-huh. And although it does very well and it's got a high mm-hmm. search volume, but it's not a great product because exactly. it's competitive. You know, look at the numbers, man. Have a criteria. Have someone walk you through it. Has a have a coach. As far as life goes, and as far as and my experience altogether. You can do a lot more than what you really think that you can. There is a lot out there. Just think about it, man. You're going to be alive for 60, 70, 80 years. Make the most out of it. Why not go out there and just simply crush it?
0: Cool. Well, Bashar, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. If people want to reach out to you or find out more about what you do, how can they find you on the interwebs?
1: You know, um, I always say Facebook is like my storefront. Bashar J. Um Everywhere, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I mean, everywhere, man. You put me on Google, I'll show up everywhere. But Facebook is really my storefront. And not the fan page, but the personal page. Black shirt, red suspenders, mustache. Yeah, the mustache for- is what you're, <laughs> n- you're known
0: for. We we have, uh, do you know who Norm Ferraris?
1: Uh, you know, I've heard of him. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. everybody knows him because he's got this Ridiculous luxurious beard that goes down about here like ZZ top, right? And then so people know you by the mustache. So absolutely, man. All so right.
1: yeah, reach out. Anything you guys need? And and I, you know, Bradley, I do appreciate you for having me here, man. It's it's an honor. I know I've I've been following you. I've been following Healing 10. I use it on the daily. I suggest it to my students. Awesome tool. I do appreciate you guys having me here.
0: Thank you so much for coming, and we'll be definitely linking up in the future.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you.
0: Quick note, guys, don't forget that regardless where you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on your iPhone or on Stitcher or on Spotify, that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we drop a new episode.